Welcome back to our study of the Lord's Prayer. Last time we focused on the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. And this time we're focusing on the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So remember that the Lord's Prayer is broken up into six petitions. The first three focus on God. Hallowed be your name, let your name be honored, your kingdom come, and your will be done. Those are the first three. And then the second three focus upon us and our needs. Number four, as we just mentioned, is give us this day our daily bread, a request for God to provide our daily needs like food, water, shelter, and so on. And in the fifth, another need that we have is addressed, no less real than our need for daily bread, and that is our need for forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So the first thing that this petition teaches us and reminds us as we pray is of our need for forgiveness. And this is not a prayer that we are meant to pray only once, right? This is a model prayer and a prayer that we are to say. So if Jesus teaches us to pray this way, to pray, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, then that means uh, we need forgiveness regularly. We need it more than once. We, of course, receive forgiveness at the moment of our salvation. When we trust in Christ, we turn from our sin, we are justified. And part of justification means our sins are not counted against us. Paul talks about that in Romans 4. So we are forgiven of our sin at the moment we are converted, at the moment that we are saved, and yet we need to continue asking for forgiveness of sin because we continue to sin. And so John tells us in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, right? We are supposed to confess our sins. And when we confess our sins to God, he forgives us. And so Jesus teaches us to pray for forgiveness of sin because we need to be forgiven. Right, so we need forgiveness. And the second thing that this prayer reminds us is that forgiveness is not something that only I need or that only you need. It's something that all of us need. Remember, this is a corporate prayer, a community prayer. Our Father in heaven is how the prayer starts. It's meant to be prayed together. And even here, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors right it's plural there us our this is a prayer that we pray together and this is a need that we share not only do we need all of us need daily bread all of us need forgiveness all of us sin and all of us need to be forgiven and so sometimes we can feel like um, we are the only ones who are sinning. We're the only ones who are doing things wrong or not doing right what God wants us to do. We're the only ones who are messing up. We're the only ones who are falling short. And this prayer reminds us that that's just not true. Whenever we gather with a group of believers and we're praying together, we can all pray and it's good for us all to pray, forgive us our debts because all of us sin against God every day. We all fall short every day. We're not yet perfect. 
We're not yet glorified. We're not yet totally free from the presence of sin as we will be when we're glorified and get to live in the presence of Jesus in the new heavens and the new earth. Until then, right, we, we still sin. And so we need to continue to ask for forgiveness. The other thing that this prayer teaches us, this petition teaches us, is that sin is a debt. Notice he doesn't simply say, forgive us our sins, right? But he says, forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Why does he use the word debt when he could have just said sin? Well, he uses the word debt to communicate something about sin, right? Sin accrues debt, right? Or sin creates a debt. And the reason why that is, is because when we sin, we fail to give God what is his due. Whenever we sin, we are failing to glorify God. We are failing to honor God. We are failing to give thanks to God. We are failing to obey God. One or all of those things we are failing to do whenever we sin. And since we always owe God obedience and gratitude and honor, anytime we fail to give him those things, and every time we sin, we fail to give him those things, Every time we fail to give him those things, we, we create a debt. We owe God something that we haven't given him, right? And that's what a debt is. And so sin creates a debt. And not only does it create a debt, it creates a debt we cannot pay. There's no way that we can um, fix all that we have done wrong. There's no way we can do enough good to undo the bad that we've done, right? We can do the right thing in this moment, but that doesn't undo the wrong we did in the previous moment because we owe God doing the right thing in the, pre in the present moment. And so obeying in the present doesn't undo the fact that we disobeyed in the past. So we have a, whenever we sin, we create a debt that we cannot pay. And because we cannot pay it, we need it to be forgiven, right? It also becomes clear that Jesus is talking about sin when he uses this language of debt just a few verses later a couple verses later in Matthew 6 14 and 15 when he says if you forgive others their trespasses which is one of the words the Bible often uses for sin if you forgive others their trespasses your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive others their trespasses neither will your father forgive your trespasses and that's further explaining the petition we're looking at right now forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. But when Jesus explains it further in verses 14 and 15, he doesn't use the language of debt. He uses the language of trespass, the language of sin. So that's one of the ways we know that's what he's talking about. Also in Luke 11, which gives a slightly different form of this same prayer. In Luke 11 verse four, Jesus says, forgive us our sins. This is again, part of the prayer. He's teaching his disciples to pray. Forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. So there you have in the first half of that prayer, the language of sin. And in the second half of that petition, the language of debt. Showing us that the sin and the debt are the same thing. Right? He's talking about the same idea. Because again, sin creates a debt. A debt we cannot pay. A debt we need God 
to forgive. So the reason why we need to regularly pay, pray for forgiveness is because we continue to sin. And that's not something that is unique to me or to you. That's true of all of us. That's why it's good for us to pray this together. Forgive us our debts, right? And uh, we need forgiveness of our debts because our sin creates debt uh, that we owe to God that we can't pay back. And so we need to be forgiven. Now, why does he say, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors? In this part of the petition, in this part of the request that Jesus teaches us to pray, there is a reminder to us that if we are asking God for forgiveness, that we also need to be forgiving other people. It does not work for us merely to say, God, I need you to forgive me, but then for me to refuse to forgive somebody else. It doesn't work like that. Jesus is making that very clear, not only in this request, but also in the explanation of it. We looked at just a moment ago in verses 14 and 15, where he explains, for, because, if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. So if you're forgiving people and you ask for forgiveness, you'll be forgiven, right? But, he says, if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So if you're not forgiving other people, God is not going to forgive you. Now, when you hear that, you might say, okay, is that some kind of like works-based forgiveness, works-based salvation? If I forgive, then God is going to forgive me. So am I, am I earning forgiveness by forgiving other people? Absolutely not. That's not at all what Jesus is saying. Jesus is not teaching a works-based forgiveness. Right? We don't earn forgiveness from God by forgiving other people. But at the same time, Jesus makes very clear that the forgiveness we receive from God and the forgiveness we extend to others are necessarily tied together. You cannot separate the two. You cannot have forgiveness from God and refuse to forgive other people. And Jesus told a parable about this in Matthew 18. So just a little bit later in the same book, Jesus elaborates on this in a sense when, uh, when Peter asks a question. This is Matthew 18, beginning in verse 21. It says, Then Peter came up, to, came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Now, we're all familiar with that statement, I think, or at least most of us probably are. Uh, Peter probably felt like he was being really generous, saying, if I forgive my brother seven times, isn't that enough? And Jesus says, no, 77 times. And then he tells this parable. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Right? And you might have a footnote, like I do, that says a talent was a monetary unit worth about 20 years' wages for a laborer. So 20 years' wages is one talent, and this person owes 10,000 talents. Right? So when uh, the king began to settle, 
uh, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. So there again, we're just going to pause here. There again, we have the idea of forgiveness and debt tied together. In the parable, the man owes money, an enormous debt he can't repay, just like our sins are, an enormous debt that we can't repay. And when he's going to be uh, sold with his family in order to pay the debt, he pleads for uh, patience, right? And the king decides to have pity on him, or he does have pity on him, and he decides to release him and forgive him the debt. So he's forgiven of this enormous debt. What ought he now to do? What kind of person should he be? Well, it's not the kind of person that he turns out to be. Verse 28 says, But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And you might have a footnote like I do that says a denarius was a, a day's wage for a laborer. So a hundred denarii is a hundred days wages. That's not nothing. That is a significant amount of money, but it's nowhere near the 10,000 talents. Again, a talent being 20 years wages for a laborer. Nowhere near that debt. Right, so he uh, found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused, and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. So this person now encounters somebody with a smaller debt than he was just forgiven, and when that person pleads with him, just like he had pleaded with the king, he refuses to forgive the person the debt or even to have any patience with him and instead has him thrown in prison. Right? And so um, verse 31, 31 says, When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. So this bothered them, and if you saw this kind of thing, it would bother you. You would say, there's something wrong with that person. Someone who's forgiven a huge debt and then refuses to give somebody else a smaller debt, something is wrong, right? Something about that is not right. That's not the way it ought to be. And so here's what Jesus says next, verse 32. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in his anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So the king throws him into jail, and now he has to pay the debt. In other words, he's not forgiven. This is the same kind of thing that Jesus was saying earlier when he said, if you forgive others, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you don't forgive others, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. This man was, in the parable, was initially forgiven, right? but then he refused to forgive somebody else, and so now his debt is not forgiven. And he's thrown into jail. And 
Jesus says, this is what my father is going to do to every one of you if you don't forgive your brother from your heart. So if we refuse to forgive our brothers, right, if we refuse to forgive others, we will discover that we ourselves will not be forgiven. Right? And that's not saying in, in the parable, the, you know, the way it's told in the parable, um, he's forgiven at first and then he's not forgiven at the end. We don't want to press that too hard. Right? It's not as though God changes his mind about forgiving us. Right? But if we refuse to forgive other people, right, then we will find ourselves uh, not being forgiven. That's what Jesus warns us about. That's what Jesus tells us about. Now, what do we do then when we are struggling to forgive somebody else? Because forgiving other people is not always easy, even if we recognize their debt is smaller than the debt that we owe to God. Sometimes those debts, those sins that others have sinned against us are still severe and they're still hard for us to forgive. And so uh, we need to remember right, that forgiveness sometimes takes time. Um, forgiveness sometimes is difficult. Uh, it's, it's not always um, automatic and it's certainly not always easy. So what can we do when we are struggling to forgive? Right, what we can do is we can remember and consider how much God has forgiven us. And the more we think about how much God has forgiven us, the more that will help us to forgive other people. Right? And here's the verse I have in mind, Ephesians 4, 32. Paul says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So in some ways, this is very similar to what we are being taught to pray in the Lord's Prayer, but it's also um, coming at it from a, a very different angle, right? So in the Lord's Prayer, we're told to pray, forgive us as we have forgiven others. And what Paul is saying here is, forgive others as God forgave you. Right, specifically, he says, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So when we think about that, if we think, okay, I'm supposed to be forgiving other people. How do I do that? Because there's this person or this, this group of people or whatever in my life that I'm having trouble forgiving, but I know that I'm supposed to forgive them. How do I do that? Well, Paul says, forgive one another as God in Christ forgave you. So how did God in Christ forgive you? Well, first of all, God in Christ forgave you through the death and resurrection of Jesus. That the Son of God took on flesh and was born as a man while remaining fully God, lived a perfect life, and subjected himself to uh, mocking and ridicule and ultimately crucifixion and death in order to pay for our sin, in order to purchase our pardon, in order for us to be forgiven. He laid down his life and suffered all of that in our place that he did not deserve to have to endure because he had never sinned. He endured all of that 
on our behalf, in our place. That's part of how God in Christ has forgiven us. And God in Christ has forgiven us not only through Jesus' death, but he has forgiven us fully of all of our sin. And so God is not stingy in his forgiveness, right? God gives full forgiveness, and he gives it to us in Christ. He gives it to us uh, completely. And so when we think about all the ways and all the times that we have sinned against God, in all kinds of ways, right? From, from you know, serious breaking of commandments, right? Whether it was some kind of immorality or lying or theft or, or whatever it was, something, something um, you know, that we think of as a serious, grievous sin, right? Or whether it was a refusal to give thanks to God and to give credit to Him for something good that happened to us, something good that came to us, acting like we were the ones who were in control and we were the ones who made this good thing happen in our life or brought this good thing about, or, or what, which is also a serious sin, right? Which, whatever it is, whatever all the things are, all the ways that we've sinned against God, in Christ, He's forgiven us of all of them, fully and completely, at the cost of the death of His own Son. And so the more we think about how much God has forgiven us and how He has forgiven us, the more that ought to soften our hearts towards those who have sinned against us so that we can forgive them as God has forgiven us. And then the last thing I want us to consider about this petition is to consider not only what we are asking for, asking for forgiveness, but also consider who you are asking it from. Remember how the prayer begins, our Father. Our Father who loves us, our Father who sent His Son for us, our Father who has adopted us into His family, called us His children, sent His Spirit into our hearts, right? The spirit of adoption Paul talks about in, um, in Romans 8 and Galatians 4. He is the one, our Father, He is the one we are coming to asking for forgiveness. We're not asking a distant, indifferent God. We are asking our Father who has loved us, who sent His Son to save us, who gave His Spirit to indwell us. We're asking Him to forgive us. And if we remember that, our hearts should be encouraged, even as we come before Him confessing our sins, knowing that He loves us, and even as, as Paul says in Romans 5, even while we were yet sinners, right, Christ died for us. And so we know our Father who loves us is eager, as it were, to forgive us whenever we come to Him and ask Him for forgiveness as we have forgiven others. God bless.